Chapter Fourteen of Famous Men of Greece. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. C. Y. Famous Men of Greece by John H. Aaron and A. B. Poland. Chapter Fourteen. Miltiades, the hero of Marathon. Part One. After Pisistratus died. His two sons, Hippias and Hipparchus, ruled over Athens. They governed well until Hipparchus was killed by his enemies. Then Hippias became so cruel that the Athenians banded together and drove him out of the city. Some time after being driven from Athens, Hippias sailed to Asia and begged Darius, king of Persia, to help him regain his power. At that time Persia was the greatest country in the world. Darius, his sovereign, was called the great king are simply the king, as if there were no other king on the face of the earth. He intended that there should be no other if he could have his way. He made up his mind not only to help Hippias, but also to make himself master of Greece. Persians' heralds were therefore sent to every state of Greece to demand from each a tribute of earth and water. If the Greeks had yielded to this demand, it would have been the same as saying that all the land and water of Greece belonged to Persia. Some of the states submitted, others proudly refused. The Athenians threw the heralds into a ditch, into which the bodies of criminals were thrown. The Spartans threw them into a well and told them, There you will find both earth and water for your master. As soon as Darius heard of this, he declared war, and a little later his fleet, carrying one hundred and fifty thousand men, set sail for Greece. The Persians landed on the Grecian coast, and went into camp on the plain of Marathon, twenty-two miles from Athens. Meantime, the Athenians had not been idle. They had collected a force of ten thousand men, and the entire army was under ten generals, each of whom in turn was commander-in-chief for one day. The little city of Plataea, unasked, had sent a thousand volunteers. The ablest of the Greek generals was Miltiades. He determined to attack the enemy at once. And when his day of command came, on the 12th of August, 490 B.C., he drew up the Greek army in line of battle and moved across the plain. Then he charged upon the Persian army, broke their line, and drove them back to their ships in confusion. News of the victory was carried to Athens by a soldier, who, though wounded, ran the twenty-two miles from the field of battle to the city. Reaching the market-place, he rushed into the crowd of citizens assembled there, and cried, Rejoice! Rejoice! We are victors! fell dead. This news delighted all loyal Athenians, but was very unwelcome to some traitors who had been hoping to hear of a Persian victory. These traitors had gone to a mountain near Athens, and with a polished shield they flashed to the Persian fleet a signal to sail to Athens and capture the city before Miltiades could return from Marathon. Fortunately the signal was seen in the camp of the Greeks. Miltiades guessed what he meant, and marched back to Athens immediately. So when the Persians approached in their ships, they found that if they landed they must again meet the army of Miltiades. They had no wish to do this, and sailed away across the Aegean Sea, to the great king's own dominions. The Battle of Marathon showed that the Greeks were equal to any soldiers in the world. They had routed an army of Persians fifteen times as large as their own, 
and had lost only one hundred and ninety-two men. The Greeks believed that this splendid victory was won through the aid of their gods, and of their godlike hero Theseus, who was said to have fought in the thick of the battle, and made terrible havoc among the Persians. Part two, Miltiades won great fame in Athens. Honors were showered upon him, and whatever he asked was granted. Thinking that he could add still more to his own glory and that of Athens, he asked that a fleet of seventy ships be placed at his command, and that he be allowed to do with it as he pleased. The fleet was granted, and with it he set sail for the islands of Paros. The people of Paros had helped the Persians in the recent war, and Miltiades wished to punish them, but he also hoped to avenge himself upon a personal enemy. The expedition was a complete failure. The town of Paros was not captured, and Miltiades was obliged to give up the siege and return to Athens. Moreover, at Paros, his tie had been badly hurt while he was leaping over a fence, so that he came home injured as well as unsuccessful. Upon his return, he was accused of having deceived the people and wasted the public money. When his trial took place, he was brought before his judges upon a couch, being too weak to stand or sit. The decision of the court was against him, and he was sentenced to pay a heavy fine, which he was too poor to pay. Not long afterward, he died of the injury that he had received at Paros. After the death of Miltiades, the Athenians were sorry for their harshness toward him. Remembering only his heroism at Marathon, they buried him with the highest honors on the plain where his great victory was won. End of chapter 14